Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. These podcasts are brought to you in part by our sponsors, who really truly are what make these podcasts possible every week. O'Fallon Nutrition is a company that I've worked with for over 15 years. They're independently owned and operated, located here in O'Fallon, Missouri, right off of Highway K and Mexico Road. I call this place the Whole Foods of St. Charles County, but even if you are not located on this side of the river, it is still worth the drive. I can remember working all the way down at Powerhouse and still sending people out to O'Fallon Nutrition for their supplements. They are more than a supplement company. You can get grass-fed beef, salad dressing, seasoning for your cooking, uh, hair care products, makeup, uh, deodorant, toothpaste, uh, essential oils, and all the vitamins and minerals that you can think of. If you're looking for clean, whole food nutrition, as well as home care, house care, skin care products, O'Fallon Nutrition is your place. You can take a look at them at O'FallonNutrition.com. Or if you'd like to have something shipped, if you're listening to me from outside of St. Louis, you can certainly have items shipped. I know they do free shipping if it's an order over $50. And the phone number is 636-240-5283. Again, it's O'FallonNutrition.com. As well as if um, preparing your food on a weekly basis is your primary excuse for why you're not able to stay on a good clean eating program, which is something that I hear very regularly from my clients, I would ask you to please take the time to check out Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com. They are a phenomenal place. We get our food from there during the week. They deliver to our integrity location. They will deliver to your house. Uh, They also uh, are just available for pickup. You can go to their Chesterfield location or their Kirkwood location and just pick up meals for the day as well as um, just having them delivered right to your door. So if preparing your food is your main excuse for why you cannot stay on a healthy eating program, then I would suggest just stop by Pure Plates. Just try it. If you're trying to lower your blood pressure, you're trying to lower your cholesterol, you're trying to get your blood sugar down, try to do Pure Plates meals for a week and just see how different you feel. These are organic meals. They are gluten-free. If you need them to be, they can be dairy-free. They are soy-free. Free. You're not taking any processed sugars or meat curing agents or preservatives. They really truly believe in nutrient dense meals that are just whole food nutrition. And I've had my clients or I've made recommendations for my clients for years at Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com or you can call them to ask questions at 636 778 3555. Again, remembering that they have a location in Chesterfield as well as in Kirkwood that you can just run by and pick up a meal today. Hi, everybody. It's good to be here today. Sorry for that delay. Um, I'm not exactly a professional podcaster, although I've actually been doing it for a number of years, so I probably should be better at it than what I am. Unfortunately, I'm just uh, a full-time health coach and a business owner. I own a bakery and I own a gym, so I uh, keep myself pretty busy, but I really do try to take the time to put uh, important information out there. And uh, this topic is a topic that I hear often uh, from parents uh, when, when I'm meeting with them and, and they're asking me to help them with their children or to help them with their family um, or just in general. You know, there's just over the years in working with gyms and in gyms and then also 
uh, gosh, just being at church or, or being wherever I'm at, uh, one of the things that will come up is that you'll hear a parent say, um, and you know, this isn't just to me because I'm a health coach. I mean, I, I this is be- even before I was a personal trainer, um, I've always tried to eat fairly healthy other than, you know, when I was in college and, and kind of finishing high school, I didn't eat healthy. Uh, but I uh, have always tried my hardest to, to be healthy beyond that point. And my parents definitely raised me to, to eat healthy foods uh, to the best of their ability, you know, and, and their knowledge. But I often hear people say, um, I don't want to cut that food out uh, for my child because I don't want to cause an eating disorder. I'm afraid if I'm too limited on uh, my child's food um, that I could cause an eating disorder. I mean, I hear this really often. This is definitely a common uh, comment. Uh, And I know God's really aligned me to do what I do for a living uh, because sometimes I'll feel like a fire inside me, like as if someone has just quite literally ignited something and and I feel like uh, I'm going to breathe fire out of my mouth if I don't release uh, the thought and, and and the way I've always looked at it is is that I have passion with a purpose and that when I do put a message out there or when I do try to speak to someone I speak out of faith and uh, patience and believing that God is behind what I'm saying and that he's going to use that comment with that person to plant a seed and to hopefully be able to produce a change um, but a couple things that I just want to discuss is First things first, we will get into and address um, rather or not we feel like an eating disorder can be caused uh, by ca- you know, ca- producing some limitations in a child's diet. Um, I mean, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist, and I'm not a doctor, uh, but I also have been to a number of psychiatrists and a number of psychologists, a number of counselors with my husband uh, who has severe PTSD and uh, depression and anxiety that he's dealt with since he was very young um, and he's overcome and is doing so much better. Uh, But I have a lot of experience in dealing with doctors. So when I was sick, I went through 22 different doctors just to try to get to some form of a diagnosis. And it actually was alternative medicine that that ended up being what ended up helping me. Um, But the reality is, is that that those particular practitioners were really never really the ones that would have had an answer to this question because their focus has never been on nutrition. Um, They they would uh, prescribe medications having no idea what a person was eating or never even having the question of what a person was eating. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and tell you that I am the expert on eating disorders, but I am going to tell you that I've spent 20 years focusing on quality nutrition for folks. And I can tell you in working with children and working with families, uh, what I have experienced. So when you listen to me, 
Uh, if you wish to place judgment on me, you can go right ahead and do that. Uh, if you wish to make negative comments, I will not respond to a single one of them. I by all means feel led to share these messages because I truly feel like they will at some point help someone. Uh, it isn't you know, just my opinion. It's also partially the experience in working with people for all of these years and being able to show you how they've transformed their families, how they've transformed their lives by changing their food and by setting some parameters and some requirements for their children and some different expectations and bringing the right ingredients into their households. First question I uh, always have it, or for this whole entire topic is when did the paradigm shift? Um, I'm 45 years old and I have amazing parents. I feel like I grew up on Walton's Mountain, um, but my parents were just good people. Uh, we really just didn't, I mean, we just had a good childhood. We didn't have a lot of money, but we got what we needed. Uh, we never had a lot of extra, uh, but we still had a lot of love and we were still always very happy. Um, but when did the kid um, become the governing uh, party in the household to where the, the child determines what it's going to eat and what it's not going to eat. Uh, this is really my biggest question is, is why, why did that shift happen? I don't know if there's just an entire generation that has just decided, hey, I didn't like it that my parents told me what to eat, so I'm going to let my kids tell me what they're going to eat. Um, I'm not sure what the situation is, but I have countless over the years parents that meet with me and say, well, you know, he'll only eat chicken nuggets, macaroni and cheese, yogurt and applesauce. That's it. Those are the only four things that he'll eat. For breakfast, lunch and dinner, that's all he'll have. And I always kind of look at them like, okay, so who started that? Who basically set the parameter to where it was okay, number one, for him to decide what he's going to eat every single day. And then number two, for that to be uh, breaded fried uh, chicken nuggets and applesauce and yogurt. Uh, I mean, when did that get decided and how did that get decided? Um, I've had Sophie live with me since she was two years old. Uh, I think she was two years and uh, two months when she moved into my house. She had just turned two, two months prior. So she's lived with me since then where really when you think about it, I mean, her food's kind of picked for her for at least the first year. Um, so I really only missed out on a year of feeding her. Um, and so from the get-go, uh, there's never, ever, ever been a time where Sophie didn't eat the food that we eat. So when we would sit down at the table, Sophie ate what we were having. If we were having hamburgers and we were having broccoli and we were having sweet potatoes, um, Sophie had hamburgers, broccoli, and sweet potatoes. It's just the way it was. Uh, we might've chopped the broccoli a little bit smaller. We might've done something a little different with the hamburger. She might've gotten some organic unsweetened ketchup with hers. You know, there's just all sorts of different things that we might do that, that would make hers a little bit more entertaining. But at the end of the day, she just basically had what we were having. Uh, we did not make two, three different meals um, in a uh, in a house. Okay, we we made the one meal. Now sometimes John would have more starch than me, like brown rice or. Um, 
gosh, I don't even know, pasta, maybe a gluten-free bread or something like that. And I didn't have that, but we'd still have the same meal. And then he'd maybe throw a piece of bread onto it, or he'd throw his rice or quinoa or something like that onto it. And we've definitely provided Sophie with some of those starches as well. Um, and just kind of tested the waters to see how she's felt. Um, in our case, uh, Sophie, since she was two, has had a super, super hard distended belly. Um, so she showed signs of either a yeast overgrowth or small intestinal bacteria overgrowth since she was two. Uh, it was almost like Ethiopian style bloated. Um, and as a child, small child, it was, it was very pronounced because she was so squashed together. So the stomach just stuck out as she starts to get taller and taller. The swelling is still there. Um, but the, but it's less, um, apparent because she's taller and taller. Um, the unfortunate reality though, is that she's very uncomfortable. Uh, when we take her to gymnastics and she has to do the bars, she has a lot of pain when she does the bars because her stomach is actually very swollen. Um, there are only certain pants really that she can wear. She struggles with pants that actually have to be buttoned because her stomach gets so bloated and so uncomfortable. This has really never gone away. Um, we did do a um, Candida diet um, as well as we do, as we right now currently do a uh, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth style of eating uh, to where we're trying to not feed that. Um, but we only have her 50% of the time. So the other 50% of the time we have no control over what she's eating. So her weight will fluctuate between, you know, I would say three and six pounds in a week's time. And it's primarily inflammation. And if, if you measure her belly, you could really see the difference in um, the swelling that happens in her belly, which is very unfortunate. And as a child gets older, they're going to be very uncomfortable with that. I mean, think of you as an adult, how bloated you can get from certain foods. As a kid, um, you don't want your stomach to feel like it's that bloated. So we, as the parents, are the ones that are responsible for these children, for this ch child's health. We have to ultimately make the decision, you know, what are we going to do to be able to keep this child as healthy as possible? Okay, so the paradigm shift of where we decided to allow our children to tell us what they are going to eat, it, it needs to shift. Okay, so the reality is, is that some parents will think, well, I'm going to cause an eating disorder if I start to limit um, my child's food and, and what I'm going to allow them to have and what I'm not going to allow them to have. But I would like to tell you, I'd like to give you some food for thought. Um, in my opinion, I think you're actually causing the eating disorder because you're allowing them to be so limited in their food choices. So because you're in a position that you're allowing that child to only eat chicken nuggets, applesauce, yogurt, and I don't even know, whatever, fruit snacks, because that's all you're allowing them to eat, what type of an immune system are you allowing them to build at this point? So you're the one, you're the responsible party. You're in control of this. So when you're actually limiting them and allowing them to be the one to make the choices or allowing them to bring in gluten and sugar and garbage foods all the time, you're actually creating the formula for that actual imbalance. So 
they will have a disorder as they grow up. And I see it in adults all the time. I have grown men that walk in the door and say, well, I, I don't eat vegetables. I won't eat a single vegetable. Well, that's ludicrous. You have to be willing to eat a vegetable because the crap that people are eating, you know, deep fried French fries and crackers and potato chips and cookies and uh, rice and pasta and bread, that's what's causing diabetes. That's what's causing high blood pressure. And that's what's causing the person to need to come to meet with me because they're so unhealthy. But if they were brought up and given the opportunity to have never had a vegetable because the parent didn't want the fight with the child on a regular basis, then the disorder was started as a child because no one stayed in the ring long enough with the kid to expand them. Now, there are foods that my daughter doesn't like. To be honest with you, they're few and far between. Um, and there's really not that many. I mean, she does not like cantaloupe, although lately she's kind of tried it every now and again. Uh, and she does not like mushrooms. I mean, she really doesn't like mushrooms. We've tried them three or four different ways. Like I'm always on a mission to make them taste good. She doesn't like them. So I'm not gonna make her eat mushrooms. You know, she doesn't like them. But she probably would tell me she doesn't like broccoli either if she knew I was going to turn around in the kitchen and just make her chicken nuggets or just make her something fried or, or, or give her potato chips or give her crackers or give her goldfish instead. Of course, she's going to want goldfish over broccoli. Why wouldn't she want goldfish over broccoli? But the reality is, is that growing up with that allowable limitation, you're setting the pattern for an actual eating disorder. Because what will happen is, is they're going to be going to college and they're not gonna have any healthy food. I've watched this happen more times than I can count. So they're gonna basically survive on pizza, they're gonna survive on Oreos, they're gonna survive on fast food. And that's gonna be the only thing that they're going to eat and they're gonna gain 30 pounds. And yes, they'll be 30 pounds overweight, but what does that do to their brain? What does that do to, to their ability to learn? What does that do to their system? And then when they get out of college, how unhealthy are they? And what's required to try to get them back into good health? So guys, the eating disorder, when if you're concerned about causing an eating disorder because you're not allowing your kids to have sugar all the time, you're not allowing your kids to have preservatives and food dyes and you know really bad uh, meat curing agents, and you're not allowing them to have gluten, um, that's not creating an eating disorder. The eating disorder is when you don't teach your kids what healthy ingredients are, and they actually become addicted to food as a child. Um, I, I literally just had a child the other day tell me, the food's addicting. My daughter has told me it multiple times. She's like, I just get around that food. I get around that and I just can't even say no because it just tastes so good. And I just want more and more and more. And she talks about sugar like that. And she does that because she's been going to my radio show for since she was two. And so she hears people that have issues and that have struggled with food. And she's like, 
I'm over here. I know what you're going through. She's four at the time. Like, I've been there. I sat in front of the cookies, and I had one, and I wanted ten more. You know, she's smart enough to recognize how she feels when she has these ingredients. So I just really want you to take into consideration that you think you're causing an eating disorder by limiting what they get to have, but when you limit it and you allow them to have garbage and you allow them to have very specifically what they want, you're setting themselves up. You're setting them up uh, for number one disease, but you're definitely setting them up to have an eating disorder as they grow older. Because as adults, they will overconsume on food for the rest of their life. And I work with people and try to get them out of sugar addictions as adults. I want you to understand, I don't feel it's any different than when I've worked with heroin act, recovering heroin addicts, recovering alcoholics, uh, re- recovering drug addicts. I don't feel the sugar addiction is, take, you don't take any different approach to that. So what are we setting our kids up for? Now, growing up, my parents made a meal and we ate the meal. There wasn't one minute in my life that I thought, I'm going to tell my parents I don't want this and have them make me another meal. There was no way. I mean, and my parents were the most loving, kindest, sweetest people. I mean it. Anyone that meets my parents will say, oh my gosh, they're the sweetest people. But we ate what they made, period. And there was no way we even thought about complaining about it. My dad would look at us with this look like, do you know how many hours your mom worked today? And then she came home and she sat there and she cooked that food for you and you're going to complain? You can just go ahead and go to bed without eating today. That's what we would do. And I did not have mean parents in any way, shape, or form. But where did things change so much that suddenly our children are telling us what they're going to do? There might have to be some hard days or some hard nights. Your child literally might have to go to sleep without food. But I'll tell you what, when they wake up in the morning, they're going to eat those eggs and they're going to eat those that fruit that you set out for them. They won't care that it's not a Pop-Tart or a waffle. They won't care that it's not a Hostess cupcake or a Hostess mini muffin. They're going to be so grateful to have food. And yeah, I know you're probably like, well, Debbie, you're crazy because I'm not doing that to my kid. I'm crazy enough to believe that you're, you can't, you can't spend the rest of your, your, your child's life poisoning it with ingredients that are literally generating disease. When we grew up, okay, I'm 45 or the folks that are 55 or the folks that are 65, when we grew up, our food was farmed different. It was manufactured different. We were eating different food. The cookies were different. The candies were different. The ingredients were completely different. That's not to say they were good for us, but you were not seeing one out of every 10 people have bipolar when I was in high school because everyone wasn't ingesting poisonous chemicals in their food every day. We've got to make this a priority as the parent, okay? When you're cooking at home, your kids need to eat what you're cooking, period. They don't run you. You run that household. 
all right? If they don't want it and you genuinely can tell it is a food that they seriously hate and you've put butter on it and you've put a little cheese on it and you've tried to find every way under the sun to make it, then don't force it like the way I talked about the mushrooms. But for crying out loud, if they have been used to eating nothing but carbs and nothing but sugars, of course they're not going to like broccoli and green beans and zucchini and asparagus and rice cauliflower in the beginning. But you're going to have to cook it creatively with good seasoning and good sauces to make them enjoy it. Whole30 recipes are excellent. My cookbooks are excellent. Uh, that's why I work with people is to help to guide them on things like that. I guide you know you through the grocery store. I go into the grocery store and take pictures of things for you. This is what I do. This is how I help. But you cannot keep making exceptions for these poisonous ingredients. And you certainly can't use the excuse that you're afraid you're going to cause an eating disorder in your child because the the true reality is, is that if you keep restricting them or if you keep putting those poisonous ingredients in them, I wholeheartedly believe you will cause the eating disorder. They will be addicted to sugar. They will have brain focus attention issues. They will have anxiety. They will have depression. They will have gut issues. They will have eczema. They will have allergies. All of these things are going to stem from the, that limited palate and those bad foods that you keep continuing to allow them to have. My dad ate healthy. My mom grew up with very, very little money. My dad grew up on a farm. They had vegetables, okay? My mom grew up and they did not have money, all right? So they couldn't buy my mom a lot of vegetables. There were days that my mom didn't eat something because they didn't have any money to buy her food. So of course, my dad worked his heart out to be able to get my mom whatever she needed. But as an adult, my dad literally had to help my mom become healthier because not because my grandparents didn't try. God love them. I mean, they ended up being financially stable, of course, later on in life. Praise God for, for that. But they just they just had hard times. You know, they didn't have enough money to really provide the nutrition that my mom needed. So my dad had to literally introduce my mom to vegetables. He had to stress to her the importance of them. And she had health issues. She had major gut issues. The gallbladder got removed. There was just a series of issues. She wanted a chocolate cupcake every night of her life. She was addicted to sugar. Addicted to sugar. Because that... That's all she kind of grew up eating. Her body was was basically created uh, to be a sugar addict. We had to help her break that. And then, of course, later on in life, after a heart attack, we really had to help her break that. I mean, it's really not been that easy. Now, my dad, he ate healthy. I mean, he always had the vegetable plate, and then he'd, you know, he he just ate healthy. And so when we ate with dad and what dad made, which most of the time my dad would have to make the dinner, a couple days a week my mom would have to make the dinner, uh, but my mom worked two jobs and my dad worked one. You know, not that that made him less, but because uh, he worked hard and, and was the provider, but mom worked two jobs to be able to make enough as one. And so she worked a lot of evenings. So we ate what dad ate, so we ate healthy. We ate every single vegetable that was in the garden, you know, and, and I, I, I honestly can't really remember growing up saying I didn't like any of them. 
I think because like Sophie, I just grew up eating all of them. You know, I might have liked some better than the other. Like I like tomatoes with salt on them. Um, I love cucumbers because we would put pick them out of the garden. Uh, you know, and, and you know, dad was a man and he didn't have tremendous cooking skills. Although he got a lot better as I got older, you know, especially as we got a grill. Um, but, you know, so some things were more plain than others. But then as we got older, they got better and better. So I might have found that I actually liked carrots a little bit more as I got older because dad might have put a little butter on them or did something a little different. But what I'm telling you is, is I never went to my dad one time and said, I don't like that. I don't want to eat that. You're going to have to make me something different, you know, because he would have laughed out loud at me if I would have done that. So I just don't understand when the shift came and why we're so willing to allow our kids to govern us uh, and they get to decide what they're going to eat and what they're not going to eat. Um, the, the real disorder comes from us not taking charge and not being responsible for our child's health and for us deciding we will not make exceptions for poisonous ingredients. Um, so letting a child limit so much of what they eat, you know, breaking it down only to six foods, this will not build an immune system. This will not build a healthy gut. They will have adult uh, issues. I mean, they may even start having uh, diseases in, in their teens, for sure. Also, uh, what kind of an adult uh, will they be? You know, I mean, they, what will they do for their children? How will they feed their children? How will that trickle down? We're doing them no favors by allowing them to be so particular about their food and to allow them to overconsume on sugar. Now, here's a couple swap outs for you guys. Um, fruit roll-ups or fruit snacks, why not just give them fruit? It's real food. It doesn't have food dyes in it. It doesn't have sugar in it. It doesn't have fruit juice, which is just liquid fructose, which definitely creates body fat, uh, also definitely creates a fatty liver. Why not just give the child fruit? And then realize that dried fruit usually is rolled in sugar. So just get fruit and give them fruit. You know, I, you don't have time. I don't get that. You're not making the time. It's not that hard to feed a kid fruit. I mean, I work 60 hours a week and I own two businesses and I find the time to feed my kid fruit and I have four dogs. So I never really like to hear the I don't have time thing. You're not making the time. Uh, it's just a choice. You know, you can feed your kid fruit. You can go into the fruit section, get that the same way you get those fruit snacks. And you can rinse it all at the beginning of the week and have it ready to go. Shopping an apple takes seconds. It doesn't even take minutes. So you're the one deciding that you don't want to give them this. You've got to have the discipline to create a pattern to feed them differently. You are the responsible party. You are responsible for that immune system. You are responsible for that child's health. Okay, another good swap out would be most people are feeding their kids chicken nuggets. They really need to not have that breading. It is just garbage. You really need to read the ingredients. Go out to Chick-fil-A and type in their, not their grilled chicken nuggets, because that's actually what I would suggest that you give them. Type in their chicken nuggets and get the ingredients. And look at the ingredients that you're giving to your kids. That's what you're feeding them for dinner. Why is there even chicken in there anymore? The chicken is rolled in just absolute garbage. It's not a good idea. 
Get them the Naked Nuggets, which is basically just a grilled chicken breast. That is a way better swap out. If you wanna make chicken nuggets at home, throw them in some egg wash and then roll them in some almond flour that you've added some seasoning to. Throw them in some heated up uh, avocado oil and fry up some chicken nuggets or bake them in the oven. But don't give them fast food chicken McNuggets or chicken nuggets, not just McDonald's, any of them. It's just garbage and it's a lot of gluten and it's definitely not going to be good for them. Um, instead of wheat thins or just crackers with a paragraph's worth of ingredients, try to get the almond flour crackers, the Simple Mills brand. Those are way cleaner ingredients and there's only like four to six ingredients on it. How about sweet potatoes instead of white potatoes? White potatoes are just very high in sugar. They're gonna to convert to sugar super fast. Why not do sweet potato chips or sweet potato fries or mashed sweet potatoes instead of white potatoes? If you're going to do mac and cheese, instead of doing Kraft, which actually has food dyes in it, which will cause hyperactivity disorder, try the Daya brand, D-A-I-Y-A. -A. That's a much healthier option. Instead of regular ice cream or Cool Whip or whipped cream, try the Cocoa Whip, the coconut milk whipped cream or coconut milk ice cream or cashew milk ice cream or almond milk ice cream all better options. Um, almond flour cookies. Uh, you know, of course they're gonna be gluten-free, yes, which is wonderful, um, but they're also so much lower in terrible ingredients. Just compare the ingredients to a Simple Mills cookie versus a Chips Ahoy cookie. It's night and day difference and your kids will just feel so much less inflamed from that. Remember, our food is made differently. The last little swap would be uh, Smart Sweets. Um, they're gummy bears. They're gummy bears that you can get for your kids. They sell them at Whole Foods. They sell them down at O'Fallon Nutrition. This is a way, way healthier option. But did you know that you could literally just make your own gummy bears and then you don't have to have any bad ingredients in there at all? Um, I don't have the time for that.